Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wake up in the morning feeling like Waterman is extremely well. She's very slippery. You don't own me. Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because I'm a woman. Hello, tryhards. Hey, tryhards. Um, do you like my new pink blouse? Um, is that for me or the listeners? Well, <laughs> they I mean, can't see it. The <laughs> listeners can't see it, but I'm sure they can guess what kind of shade of pink I've bought because I bloody love pink things. Um, where did you buy it? Uh, I bought it in Primani today. Also bought, like, looks like an LED light that says, but first bubbles. Um. And I put it on the wall. It doesn't look right where I thought it was going to go. So now I'm trying to decide where to put it, which the listeners aren't aware, but you know well, my, you know, my apartment is is huge. Um, interesting you say about a bit of art, um, which I haven't told you. Mm. I, in Roma on Saturday, went to the, went to a farmer's market that happened to be next to the vintage market that you'd actually suggested you wanted to go to, which Stop was the it. last, last weekend of it, unfortunately. So your trip over with your sister to see the vintage market isn't that vintage market it's a different one but I was Ah, pleased you found that one well that was the that was where we went anyway and then we bought a little bit of art as well so uh, I'll be sharing that on my Instagram and Simone chose some himself which was a very strange one is it like modern or traditional art modern art um and yeah I must admit I mean I don't think Simone was too enthralled by all of the secondhand vintage clothes stalls, yeah. but we did find a nice lady that was selling plastic free stuff and um, found a couple of little gifts for Georgie Gulliver Tryhard's twins here. On oh, wow. Um, love that. So, yeah. And interestingly, out of all the people that reacted to my Instagram story about it, she was one of the first. So I was like, ah, mother's intuition there we go there There we go go. I um I bought some tat on the weekend uh I obviously took took the little sister to Dublin and Belfast for the weekend went to the Titanic experience um for the purposes of the uh the tape just putting on my HMS Titanic Belfast captain's hat that I bought at said Titanic experience. Sophie bought a replica of the Heart of the Ocean necklace, the one that Kate Winslet wears in the movie. Um, I will say, 
very interesting and would recommend if anyone's in that part of town. It it was very good. I mean, was it was it did it include the film or was it more no, iconic stuff? Well, this is what I mean. Like, I hate that film. I <laughs> absolutely detest that film. And it is Sophie's favorite film. But the actual Titanic experience is about the construction of it. It's about what Belfast did for shipbuilding, all this kind of stuff. So I actually, I was riveted by it. Little shipbuilding joke for anyone who has done the Titanic experience. They'll know that there's a ride about the riveters and it was riveting. Um, so yeah, I would recommend. And then we did the storehouse on Friday as well. Guinness storehouse. I got the golden handshake because I poured the best pint on my Guinness Academy tour. How many was there? Just you and Soph. <laughs> there were very few came with us as well. And there were a few Americans oh, yeah. and stuff like that. And... These pint. Yeah, That's an absolute slash to her Irish heritage. Wow. Well, you say that, but I think the reality is that it doesn't matter if you're a Guinness drinker, if you are Irish, any of those things. If you have done as much bar work as I have done through my teenage years, you'd hope that you would succeed in that space. So can you, yeah. do, um, can you do the shamrock? I did do a shamrock because they were kind of marking more on like that, that layer at the very top and it having that kind of like... Yeah, what's that? There's a word for that in science when like liquids are suspended at the top of a glass. But have you seen? We need to do it actually. Have you seen that? There's a video. I don't know whether it's a football team or a sports team, and they have got a competition where you've got to keep adding drops. Oh of my god! Yeah, I have. Seen that. <laughs> I have seen that. Let's do that. Try hard. Get if you haven't seen it. I don't know when maybe we can post it on our socials. But um, yeah, there's a a pint of water and then a smaller glass and you just have to everybody just has to keep adding water in around and around and around and it's absolutely brilliant but it does show how you get that weird film yeah. over the water. Weird. do you not think though I'd be really good at that because of how little I drink it would be like reverse drinking for me like if you make me a pint of squash that's about how much I sip off of it every well yes but that's that's inhaling it not okay it but also I would maybe struggle just from a for, not you uh, not me sorry you might struggle just eyesight I don't know just <laughs> that's very mean um I tell you what, I, what else I bought though I bought a Guinness espresso mug how cute um, I thought you were going to give me more holding that for me and I also bought a t-shirt at the storehouse because it's the Guinness Toucan and he's got a football helmet on and it's got the Notre Dame football crest on it and as you know certain listeners of the pod will know and people who follow me on social media I am obsessed with the West Wing it's my favorite program ever made President Bartler I've got no doubt would have been a Guinness drinker and he went to Notre Dame College University and I was like I've got to have this so yeah, I can't wait to be rocking that around. You you are one of those. You are one of the people that gets absolutely reeled in in the gift store, don't you? Oh, I, I was talking about this the other day. So much rubbish. What is it about a gift store that, as kids, you have to leave with a flexible ruler or a pencil with a, a giant pencil with four coloured pencils attached to the rubber at the end, or a rainbow rubber <laughs> with ever worked. With, 
Longleat Safari Park and yeah. it's utterly rubbish. Oh, no, what is that? I tell you what I used to love and Longleat, I 100% had one from Longleat. Do you remember those pencils? But they were like a tube and they had like all different colour crayons and you had to take them <laughs> out and put them up in the bottom to get the colour you wanted. I had loads of them. I was obsessed with those I, and also I, snap bracelets. Oh, snap bracelets. But but I just, it, it's, the, it's the sheer cost. I feel so sorry for parents. In fact, I feel so sorry for your parents given how excited you are, the fact that you've listed off all of your gifts on the podcast now. I mean, everyone listening is probably turned off by now, but, or they might be the same. They might might love a gift shop as well. And you could do a gift. Maybe I saw on Instagram the other day, and I know this is like, like my Netflix, I'm a little bit behind the time. I didn't know that people... (laughs) Oh God, what's this going to be? That people post reels. They do a video on their shopping hall. Shopping halls have been around for ages, Molly. <laughs> I told you, I'm a little bit behind the times and I I sat and watched someone's shopping hall. Like, what was I doing? I was like, this is, I've caught myself. Oh, I like, love no, a shopping hall. Maybe, maybe you could start a new trend of gift shop experiences from around the country. I feel like that's like too niche. Maybe <laughs> start, you know, we're always looking to innovate and we keep saying that we don't want to do traditional rugby events. Why don't we do try hard show and tell? Everyone brings oh. something. We do a show and tell. When we were in school, my sister took our dog in for show and tell. <laughs> I've never done a show and tell. I re- our primary, we had a really tiny, tiny, tiny primary school. So there were like 15 kids in each year. So I feel like show and tell, you can get through it when you've got those kind of numbers. And I remember distinctly being in my classroom and everyone getting really excited because there was a dog in school, as we've previously discussed. And our classrooms were like a long porter cabin. They didn't have doors in between them, which must have been a nightmare for noise. And I remember sticking my head- A nightmare, absolute nightmare for noise. And my sister was in Miss King's class. And my mum was stood there on the stage at the end of the classroom with my dog on the lead. And my sister had requested that our dog be her show and tell. I think it was around the time that 101 Dalmatians had come out, <laughs> live action, and we had a Dalmatian. So I think my sister thought she was like bringing the absolute A game to show and tell that week. But yeah. Well, yeah, 100%. I mean, you didn't have a Dalmatian though, did you? Yeah, we had a Dalmatian. Called oh, Lucy. did you? Yeah. Oh, that, that's absolute winning. What was the dog called? Lucy, Sophie named her. I know. Why would you call a dog Lucy? We, I think it's a weird name for a dog, personally. Um, Our so dog. I've got some fun dog stories. Um, Koya um, is basically the... She, she's breaking Italian hearts. She's absolutely oh breaking Italian hearts. So Simone seems to have different experiences with her when he goes out early. But he was telling me about Kiko, the dog, the other day. Okay. And um, Kiko, Kiko, and he said, his heart was pounding out of his chest. He saw Koya. <laughs> and, um, and apparently Kiko loves Koya and just runs from wherever he is in the Chekamasimo over to Koya. What is Kiko? Um, I think quite a big dog. I, I thought Kiko would be a little dog, but Kiko was a big dog. Um, and then you've also got Max, who loves Koya. And Simone, 
Simone is now starting to list off quite a few dogs that have fallen in love with her. So, um, yeah, she's uh, she's the new redhead in town. In <laughs> question, because I, I think about this a lot when I go abroad. Have you seen any other Labradors? I feel like I've never seen a Labrador in Italy or Spain. Yeah, there's a few. There's a few big ones, like big boys. There's no fox reds. Okay. And um, yeah, so Koya struts around getting lots of attention. Um, however, today, as she always does, she loves to sniff out a smell and roll in it. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't an it was an animal excrement that she rolled in. Um, and so it, oh. it yes. And so Simone had to deal with that today. Oh, I hope you got the Dolmio out. Oh, oh God. Sauce. <laughs> sauce. One of the most. Anyway, should, did, I mean, we, I know you didn't watch any rugby or don't really care about rugby this week because Six Nations is done. And I did actually watch some rugby. Fans, did, did you watch? actually watch some rugby? Yeah. I, uh, what did you watch? I watched, I mean, I wish I hadn't, but on the train from Belfast back down to Dublin. I was obviously headed in the direction of the Aviva and went for a couple of beers in Ballsbridge on Saturday evening. But I, I watched the penalty shootout on my phone on the train. And, <laughs> and, and you know what? It was, I have to, my heart goes out to Munster fans, Munster players, Munster staff members, because I've been there like in 2009, the last time that this happened in this competition, I thought, sorry, when you said I've been there, I thought you were going to say that you did a penalty shootout when you're at primary school or something, like you'd actually done no. one. <laughs> Don't make fun of me. Don't make fun of me. You know, in the grand scheme of things, I have slotted as many Champions Cup slash Heineken Cup penalties as Martin Williams has. Or as me. Ooh. Um, yeah, to 2009, Cardiff, Leicester, you know, we get to 80 minutes and it's all square. Extra time can't separate the two teams. It's an age-old story in football, but one we don't see as much in rugby. And we still haven't quite got to grips with how to solve that issue, I don't think, because I don't think that the the laws around the penalty shootout are the fairest. And I also think that it was very clear that the players did not understand the penalty shootout as well, because when Roman Entomac threw his arm after <laughs> his such a prat. <laughs> so stupid. And I, I know that um, Drico pulled, picked it up as well on BT, because he said that he quite clearly just didn't realise. So... You know, he thought he'd done the third and then was done. Yeah, and it just, it was really, Oops. it's really interesting <laughs> because, you know, you, you feel for the players who have stood there who, you know, you've got props who, who once upon a time, you know, it cycled through. That's how I think it should have been. I, I don't think it should have been in three different places. I reckon it's six players and it's in front of the posts and you've got to do three forwards, three backs. I think yeah. that's absolutely brilliant. To be fair... Munster lucked out because Simon Zebo got smashed in the face by Peter Aki. So he went off and Connor Murray came back on again. Yeah. So they actually brought a kicker back on yeah. inadvertently by someone having their face like a bit mangled. But I, yeah, I just think let's, let's like really go for it and let's show the skills of these forwards. Um, and if, if those six, if it goes past six, you just have to keep going. But that, I reckon I would have been number, I reckon I've been about 19 in the list. <laughs> But, you know, that, that's how it was, because obviously in Cardiff... That's what it was with Martin Williams, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, so Martin Williams, Nuggie missed his, and then Jordan Crane 
slotted his to put Leicester through to the final. They would obviously go on to lose to Leinster in their first Heineken Cup win. Your mate James right, okay. scoring I'm a try that day. Um, but yeah, I think, I, I don't know. I, I just don't think penalty, penalty shootouts full stop aren't the answer. I don't know how you decide it. You can't, you can't, mate, you can't keep playing. Like, it's like, no, what, that's what I mean. So actually, you have extra time. And Let's you drop can... forwards. Let's go to seven aside. <laughs> drop forwards. Yeah. Oh, so there's only two that, so we're talking about it as a team. And I was with Channel 4 over in um, Paris. Um, and I turned on, um, I didn't think my BT Sport app would work over there, but it did. And I turned on with like eight minutes to go of extra time. So it was perfect. I was like, I missed all yeah. the rugby. Didn't, didn't really need yeah. to know what was all that. Great either, I'll be honest. <laughs> um, so watched all the like the controversy and stuff. And there was these two guys from Sale, Jack and Jack. Um, oh. Yeah, they were they were watching as well. But we were, I was chatting anyway, and Topsy um, was saying that he was involved in one in a junior junior world champs or something. Oh, really? And they weren't allowed to play extra time because of the restrictions yeah. on game time. And he missed and they went on to lose. <laughs> and then the only time I've been involved, I think I might have told you this before, but I, myself, Amy Turner and Sarah Hunter were put on the microphones um, doing announcing during the National School Sevens uh, or National School Sports event and yeah. Sevens was there. But we couldn't really hear that our voices were like booming across the pitch because where the speakers were, it, it, it was just facing completely away from us. And so we didn't have it. We didn't have any acknowledgement of how loud it was. Anyway, it was when like loads of the Hartbury girls were there and it was like um, Meg was there and actually she was playing for the Welsh team that ended up going on to win. Anyway, so the, so the um, it went, I think it was a semi-final and it went, to extra time when the girls hadn't scored and I'm on the microphone and we're like talking them up and we're like saying who scored the tries and all these like giving it loads and we're the current England players like everyone knows us and this girl goes up and I said oh so and so yeah no pressure like that and she missed it and lost it for a team. oh god I felt so bad like what, I was it a sitter it. She missed a sitter, like in front, doing of the post. in front of the posts. Um, and I, so I said, "Oh, something, something, something." You know, there's no pressure. Obviously, there was a whole pressure. All of the parents and everyone were watching, and she missed it. And there was tears, and the girls were gutted. And I felt so guilty because basically, someone said, "Do you realise how loud you guys were on the field?" So this current England player was taunting an under 16s player, which was just savage. I didn't mean to. I do. You know what the best part of that story? You, you know what the sorry. best part of that story would have been though is if you'd gone, you know, and she took strength from that moment. And congratulations to Emily Scarrett, who has gone <laughs> on to become one of the absolute greats of the game. Yeah, so yeah, I was well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I aged you a bit too much there. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I don't know if you saw any of the Leinster Leicester game. I've only seen the highlights of it. Uh, I think Leinster, Not really. No, I think I'm... Leicester will take Toulouse apart this weekend. But I do think that it will be one of the great, great semifinals in European rugby history. It's so weird, right? Because if you look back to the very first round, we compensated the Channel 4 for Cardiff to lose, which is great because the fish, um, obviously, fish. like everyone was going wild as a sellout crowd. It was like under 18s versus the champions of uh, under 18s and their coach, Dan Fish, yeah. um, <laughs> against the champions of Europe. And Toulouse are rubbish. Yeah. And they've been rubbish. They, we then compensated, I think, round three or four on wasps to lose and they got smashed apart by wasps with 14 players because Jacob Lumeinger got the red card yes. and then the quarterfinal like and then there was another game that around 16 yeah. again they went down to Toulouse went to 14 players or 13 players and they they crept back into it also should have I was also I think should have pulled away should have won didn't and it's like they it's like the bad smell, the linger, they're like yeah. lingerers at the moment. They won't lose. But and we, so don't we talk about this all the time that winning's a habit. And it's oh, difficult right, to break a habit. <laughs> Sorry. But it's just so funny how, like, to be fair, the Cardiff game was absolutely Anton Dupont. Like, I haven't seen a kick like it in the this championship yet. Yeah. The roundhouse kick that he does the cross field is <laughs> utterly like sublime um it's n it's not it's it was even better than the game that we commentated on with finn russell's volley followed by a fly hack and a try and i i was you know i we went wild in commentary it was amazing right and him talking about it in the um post-match interview with sarah elgin like beaming he was laughing and it, it was he said it was his first try and there's all this stuff in some of the press saying, oh, I don't know why why they're calling it him a magician. He got a lucky bounce. I'm sorry. Yes, it was a lucky bounce in terms of like where it popped up, but his line to get to the ball, his work rate, his speed of recovery, and then his ability to fly hack the ball to a perfect distance to bounce up. The ball has to bounce up at a certain rate. And that does take skill. Yeah. He doesn't overcook it. How many times we see the ball smash dead on those types of surfaces? It pops up perfectly scores. I, I'm sorry, but that is unbelievable skill. And I don't know, but it wasn't as good as Anthony. Anyway, go back to Toulouse. No, I just want to I, pick up on that. I just want to pick up on that. It's really interesting that you, you talk about that because 
I think there's obviously been a bit of a backlash. People saying, you know, why why call him a magician? There was obviously last month, Rugby World's cover said, you know, has Finn Russell cooked his goose a bit too much? Do people actually want a maverick like that in their side? And it made me really kind of this morning when I saw the, the Joe Marler stuff. So Joe Marler's done a guest letter for uh, Rugby World magazine. And in it, he's talked about the fact that the rugby world is getting smaller, not in terms of the nations that are playing. You know, we know firsthand, we work on the sevens and it's been great to see this season. We've talked at length on this podcast about the likes of Poland and Brazil and the way they've represented Fiji. the women's game. The women's, yeah. Fiji are a traditional rugby nation. Let's, let's look at the ones who are coming from through. Women. But we're still looking at a sport that is small and getting smaller and is a niche sport and we don't appreciate that enough. And actually players like Finn Russell are the only way we're going to attract a different audience because the kind of rugby that South Africa play, this kind of trudge, this boring, boring rugby isn't going to set anyone's hearts and minds on fire. Finn Russell's the future and that is a hill I am absolutely willing to die on. Um, it is it, it is interesting though because he it, and I think his post-match interview was was spot on like Sarah asked him about the first half he was poor right and he his skills he made some errors like handling the team wasn't functioning they were pretty poor half time they sorted out but he actually spoke about and um, Curtly Beale was in studio and he spoke as well at half time about how and at the start of the game about the importance of the ruck speed and the importance of the ability of the forwards for someone like Finn. Yeah. And, and Finn Russell was talking about in his post-match about we didn't get our rucks right. So therefore I was under more pressure, which means now his realization is he knows he's reliant on good ball. He is yeah. very comfortable with saying, I need a good platform to be who I can be. And I think that that in itself is amazing. That is saying I'm a star but I can only be a star within my team if my team are good and they can be stars as well. And I think that people don't see it like that. They don't, they, and you know, for me as an outside back, I relied on a good platform, but I also relied on a really, um, my, I could come to life if I got good delivery quick enough in my hands to take people on, or if I called phase play the center inside me that wasn't involved yeah. in the breakdown before, when I'm calling phase as a fullback, actually they're repeating it and we play it and they play the play that I can see because I'm their eyes. So like, it, like you can have stars in rugby. You can have these amazing, what people calling Mavericks. I don't think that people realize that they, they know more than anyone that they can only be like that without their yeah. with, with with their team fulfilling their roles. That makes sense. So I think Absolutely. everyone, everyone from the outside goes, oh, it's all about you. I know, like Finn knows, he's in his interview. He knows, he knows it's not about him. He knows yeah. he needs these really great forwards up front. So I think, I don't know. Anyway, it was it was a fun game to commentate on. Faftaclerk was literally like heart of a lion defensively, was like tackling everything and anyone he even took on Camille Shah who's like a very very angry rhino um he is so strong no neck no neck um and to the point where they got a turnover and he rubbed the back of his head like what are you doing that is literally yeah. like petrol <laughs> on a bar red rag to a, <laughs> a small ball isn't it uh Racing will play La Rochelle this weekend so the two semi-finals of the Champions in Cup in Lons 
contain three French and one non-French side. Nolly, who's winning the Champions Cup this year? Um, I think it will be... I haven't done my homework on La Rochelle yet. Um, I've seen bits of them, but that's who we're commentating on. So we're doing Racing La Rochelle. Um, I think if they click, they beat Racing in February 19-0. Some of the stuff that they do, how well they're coached. I love the fact that Rona Lagar has given it large to everyone on the sidelines. Yeah. I think it will be a La Rochelle-Leinster um, final. And then you have the best of Ireland players against the best of Ireland coach. And I just can't wait for that. I think that that's a wonderful matchup. Um, I think La Rochelle could do it. They came apart in the last year's final because they lost Bottier to a red card after about 15 minutes or so. They got, it galvanised them as a yeah. team, but there was no way they were going to stick with it like Toulouse, the likes of Toulouse. But yeah. If you want any um, commentary advice for the game, you can go to uh, the godson, William, age nine, because he said to me yesterday, I've seen both of those teams live, so I know loads about them. I, uh, the confidence that young men have comes at a very <laughs> young age. I'm, I'm beginning to learn. Uh, so, And he said that oh. he thinks that Racing will win because when Racing played Scarlet's, Racing won. When La Rochelle played Scarlet's, Scarlet's won. So there's the punditry and prediction from a if small he gets it right. old boy. I'll uh, I'll buy him something from a gift shop. Um, what um, there's all like there's also all to play for this weekend in Premier Fifteens. Um, the second semi home semi final has yet to be decided. It's like the Gallagher Premier is going down to the last round in the women's Premier Fifteens of who gets the home game, and so Saracens are qualified, but you got. Exeter and 61, who are basically a straight shootout with Bristol, who are on 60. But Harlequins go up to Cinch Stadium as a home-ish game for yeah. um, Loughborough, who went down, went on a sword to Worcester Warriors at the weekend. Um, but, yeah, it's basically... stadium. It's It's Franklin's Gardens. It's Franklin's Gardens. <laughs> <laughs> um, and for all the, those that are going from the women's game that have never been there before, because they're going because they are so excited by the opportunity of watching all of those Red Roses play up there, because um, Quinns have quite a few in their yeah. team, um, and so do Loughborough. Um, the big building next to it is a... Lift shaft testing centre. Yes, there we go. And it used is a by heritage both, site. Used by both Schindler and Otis. There we go. The two dominant lift companies globally. Schindler's Lifts, which is actually Oscar Schindler's family's company. Genuinely. What? That's, an, that's, a, that's an extension of that knowledge that I'm very impressed with. Thank you. I've learned something today. Um, so, yeah, I, I think what's hard for me, um, it's, it's a shame to not see Waspies in the top four. It's the yeah. first time they haven't made the top four, um, which probably is a big indicator for how much they, how many injuries they've had to manage this season. Um, and also the sevens players coming in and out, but injured, uh, injured sevens players. Um, because actually when they played Harlequins up um, at uh, the Coventry Arena or the Rico, um, 
for the they Coventry Community Stadium. They absolutely tore them apart. And yes, it wasn't the full strength Harlequin side, but Wasps were next level. There's been a couple of times where they've been absolutely next level um, this season. So it's a shame to not see them about, but it is a credit to Bristol who have stayed true to the start of the season. They got their first five wins straight step. Um, and also credit to Exeter and the work that they've done. They've won the cup. So can they make it to a second final? It's really interesting as well when you look at the table this season. Obviously, Saracens are way in ahead with 72 points um, this week with a round to go. They do face Wasps next weekend. Um, and then Exeter, Quinns, Bears, 60, 61 points going into the final weekend. And then that middle section of Gloucester, Hartbury, Loughborough and Wasps who are on 45, 46 points. It is really, it's been a congested old league. And I think that's probably reflective of, of how close some of these games have been. And then obviously basement bottom, uh, DMP, who looks set to finish the season without recording a match point, which is gutting for them and, and you know, not good for the league. It isn't, um, but I think there's a there's a lot of work that's going on around the the new retendering process obviously we've got one more year to go with the current format and the current teams um and it'll be interesting to see what happens over the summer um i already know there's obviously players going to different teams different yeah. recruitment um and if they can entice anyone up to the northeast it'll be interesting to see whether that can happen what help they're getting i don't know yet but um and i think what's they, important like i think from an outside perspective looking in it's the retendering process i think it's it's a real positive the way that uh the rfu have managed this league in terms of that tendering process so that it's kept it competitive financially um uh, above anything else but i think what's really important is we know that that clubs like London Irish and Bath are, are putting their hands up and saying, we want a part of this. We want a piece of this pie. It cannot be that we end up in a situation where the most Northern team in this league, um, oh, well, apologies to sale, but we cannot have a league that exists just in the South. That is not good for rugby and it's not good for the growth of the game. Um, I, think, I think there'll be stuff in place to make sure that that doesn't happen though. I think generally, you know, the RFU are very aware of actually how important the North are to the game, um, especially given the amount of successful female players that have come from up there as well. You know, the the, the World Cup winning captain, <laughs> Katie Taylor-McLean, is, yeah. is from Newcastle, Tamara Taylor, 115 caps for a country. Do you know what I mean? That's where she was based. So um, I think, look, um, Abby Ward is from from up, up in the North. So um, I think it's... Zoe Allcroft, you know, that's where she's from, she's from Scarborough. So I, I think there will be, I know there's work going on behind the scenes. There's a lot of work going on behind the scenes looking at it, but it's a, it's a really good time. And I think just kind of moving away from that, specifically looking at one thing that has been a knock-on effect from the Six Nations window, 4,101, I think, people went to Ashton Gate. Um, and That's to watch game. the girls and I just think that what's brilliant it looked awesome it was a great game by all accounts the crowd loved it and that is a direct result of people being able to go to games and experience it but on tv 
everyone looking like they're having an amazing time. The social media showing that there's all these people. If you go to women's rugby, you're going to have an awesome time. And the people that couldn't make it to a test match because it was too far to travel or they had other plans or whatever it might be, they then instantly had the next best thing was, well, I can go and see all these stars in their club colours. And that's how you start to build momentum of the recognisable faces in the teams. You know, the fact that Bristol Bears went hard about the Red Roses returning. These are the people you're going to see if you come here. These are the superstars that you've been seeing on TV. They are from Bristol and this is where they're going to be playing. Uh, well, maybe not from Bristol, but they're from, they're, they're from Bristol. But I just think it's wonderful. And I just think that that momentum is class. And I think full stadiums sell a story and a yeah. story of fun and a story of entertainment. And people want a part of that. And previously what's happened is people go, oh, this is awesome. They're amazing. But haven't been enticed enough to then go take that next step as a fan to go to the club level. And I think that that's what we've seen. And I really hope that Northampton Saints start plastering stuff over their socials to promote the fact that Loughborough there with the reigning champions, Harlequins going up um, because it's an opportunity to, again, bring eyeballs. But it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work and an investment from from socials and stuff. So, yeah, well done. I'm off to the Sports Industry Awards on Thursday. And oh, what are you wearing? What are you wearing? Oh, don't even go there. Don't even go there. But I will be really intrigued to see next year when we get to the Sports Industry Awards, how many categories and how many awards are dominated by the um, activation of women's sports events in the next 12 months. Because I do think, you know, as you've kind of just said, we are we are sitting very much at this kind of watershed moment for this and it is gathering pace and we are seeing the work is being done and that's that's what we've asked for and I think it is finally coming to fruition so that's exciting you you off anywhere this week anywhere exciting um back to Rome back to Rome back to Rome um and then I'm off to Lons. I'm going via Paris on Saturday. Slightly strange place, Lons, or Lens, as a <laughs> Lens. Um, yeah, got a couple of a uh, couple of days in Rome. Do a little bit of Wedmin. That's what I'm going to be doing. Nice. Yeah, doing some Wedmin. Um, I do need to shoot off though because I am at a dinner this evening, and oh. uh, apparently my uh, grey rainbow jumper and jeans isn't going to quite fit the black tie bill that I've been sent. Um, and I need to need to curl the locks. So what are you going to wear? Something very glitzy tonight. I've got very short. I don't know why. No, don't get the pins out these days. Not yeah. quite. Not quite where they used to be. Put your um, press on totally nails on yet? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, Maybe. sorry, sorry. They're all yours. They're all yours. On that note, I'll let you go. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.